Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. We're starting a new series called Love Like That. Amen. In other words, we need to love like that. And we're going to find out what the that is. Tonight's lesson is called Love Like That, Love Like Jesus. Amen. He was the best one to love, and he's a great, he's our example in everything. We need to love like him. So if you want to, we have, my opening verses in John 13, 34, uh, and it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. So we are to love as Jesus loved us. He set the example. He set, you know, the protocol, the stage for everything. And he showed us how to love. Amen. Let me give a few uh, verses out. And some of these verses are abbreviated, so if you don't mind reading them off the screen, if you can... Uh, because we're just going to capture certain parts of them. So, let's see. Who would like to read? Uh, Linda? 1 Corinthians 12.31. 1 Corinthians 12.31. Who else would like to read? Uh, All right. Arlene? Philippians 2.5. Philippians 2.5. And Vanessa? 1 Corinthians 2.16. 1 Corinthians 2.16. And Mario, 2 Timothy 3.7. 2 Timothy 3.7. And Sonny, 2 Timothy 3.4. And Angie, Hebrews 11.25. And that's it. That should be all the verses. Love like that, love like Jesus. Why love like Jesus? Because... We know, and if we don't know, you know, I think everyone here knows, but if we ask anybody, the, the answer is because it's the best way to live, to love like Jesus. When we love like Jesus, we are lifted outside of ourselves. Because some, sometimes we, we are so inward looking and, uh, you know, looking selfishly at stuff that, you know, we're inside of ourselves. We need to be outside of ourselves. And that's what Jesus did. He he got outside of himself and he loved others. Amen. When we love like Jesus, we rise above many things in life that cause us trouble in our relationships with others. You know, it helps us when we love like Jesus. It helps our relationships. It helps everything. Because what are those things? Self-interest, being judgmental, uh, and resentment are just a few of the things that happen when we're not really loving like Jesus. We start focusing on other things. And the love that Jesus modeled, it inspires and it challenges us to reach beyond our, our natural ability to love and to follow the best way to live, which is a more excellent way. Read 1 Corinthians twelve thirty one. So the very last verse in 1 Corinthians 12 says, he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit in chapter 12. He's talking about this and he's talking about that. But he said, I show you a more excellent way. You know, what could be more excellent than the gifts of the Spirit? 
Well, the next chapter is 1 Corinthians 13. I call it the love chapter or the charity chapter. And it talks about the love of God being more important than any other thing that we have. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am nothing. Though I give my body to be burned and have not the love of God, I am nothing. Though I, though I feed the poor and help the downtrodden, but I don't do it because of love, I do it for some other reason, I don't have anything. So, the, so loving like Jesus is the most and most excellent way. Amen. So the, the question is, well, you know, how can we love like Jesus? Can anyone really love like Jesus? I mean, Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. That's a tall order. You know, can we love like Jesus? Are you just telling us this to, to uh, get us all excited, but then like, there's no way we could attain to that? You know, uh, you do have to admit that he raised the bar of love to extraordinary heights. He said, love your enemies. He said, go the extra mile. He said, turn the other cheek. Those are hard things to do. Amen. But when you love like Jesus, you can do it. He'll, he'll give you uh, the ability to do it. Now, to some people, this might seem like love beyond reason. Like, this is unreasonable love. You know, asking me to love my enemy. Asking me to turn the other cheek if somebody strikes me on the cheek. Uh, and, you know, and to some, they would say, well, that, you know, that just seems beyond reason. And, of course, they would be right. Because th- that kind of love is beyond human reason. But it's not beyond God's ability to help us. Amen. Our human understanding, our brains, we can't compute. But God, with His help and His Spirit, He helps us. Our minds have a hard time comprehending this kind of love. And that's why the first and greatest commandment of all that's spoken of in the Old and the New Testament is thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy mind. Amen. we got to put our mind into it. Amen. Philippians 2.5, read that one. Amen. Let this mind be in you. So we're, we're, we're admonished to get to find the mind of God and the mind of Jesus. Amen. And, and if you keep reading that though he was God, he didn't let it go to his head. He humbled himself and did what he was sent to do. He, 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 he became a man. He did what he did. He, he allowed himself to be beaten. He hung on the cross. Uh, that's the love like Jesus. Unselfish love. Read 1 Corinthians 2.16. We have the mind of Christ. Paul said we are to have the mind of Christ. And I'm not saying it's easy, but when we get our minds focused on Jesus, then we'll see that love is really what makes the whole thing work. His kind of love, loving like Him. To our natural minds, what Jesus is asking us to do doesn't make sense. Uh, and this is the case if we only use our minds to try and comprehend uh, you know, how He wants us to love. But along with our minds, our hearts are essential to our reasoning process. You know, until the 1990s, scientists assumed that only the brain sent information to the heart, but it was a one-way street. But now we know that it works both ways. The, The heart physically communicates with the brain through a complex nervous system. And the pulse that the heart creates is like a blood pressure wave that reaches and energizes every cell in the brain, which in turn significantly, significantly in, uh, impacts uh, and influences our emotions. Amen. And really our emotions are our heart. Because we can be, have a mind 
and not have a heart. We got to have both. You know, expressions like, my heart aches, open your heart, my heart goes out to you, or, man, he broke my heart. They're just more, they're more than just symbolic. It really means, you know, because, well, you know, what do we say? When we're saying my heart's broken, we don't, we don't go like this, my heart is broken. You know, up here, we go, my heart is broken, you know. And a lot of people, yeah, this is a physical muscle and it's pumping, but there's something, you know, because the seat of our emotions is in this area, which happens to be our heart too. And, you know, uh, and so it's just, and I know part of our brain is emotional and part's logical, but really, we, you know, we're not hitting our head. We're tapping right here. We feel it down deep in our heart. And when the Bible speaks about, you know, the, you know our very, you know, like, you know, when it gets down into our guts, so to speak, the reins and the hearts, it's, it's talking about right in here, you know. Because when you're like choking up and crying and like <gasps> that kind of crying, you know, that's all coming from right here. Like, you know, you feel it down here. I'm not feeling it up here. Amen. So intelligence alone without involvement from the heart can be a dangerous thing because we run the risk of being cold-hearted or even heartless, and that's sad. Without the heart, we lack the capacity to love like Jesus. We got to have the heart. We got to have, you know, we got to take get the the heart to grab our brain and come on, let's go. We got to go together. It's a partnership. If we try to love like Jesus with only our minds, it becomes an overwhelming obligation and can lead to spiritual burnout when we're just doing it with our minds only. Like, well, the Bible says I got to do it, so I'm doing it, you know, but no, I got to have my heart in it. Yeah, my, the Bible says I got to do it, and my mind's telling me I do it, but my heart's got to be in it. And the love of Jesus has got to be dwelling in my heart to do that. Love becomes just a to-do list and not something that we are passionate about. You see, our passion comes from His compassion. And His compassion is rooted in His love for us. Amen. The Bible says in several places that God is full of compassion. And when Jesus saw people, you know, He had compassion on them. When the multitude was there listening to him for hours and the sun was coming down, he said, I have compassion on the multitude. They're, they're starving to death. They didn't want to miss one word, so they didn't even go, you know, get, you know, you know walk to a Wendy's and get a quick happy meal. They, they just stayed right there and listened to me the whole time. He, you know, he sent, and then he sent his apostles, he goes, go, go and buy some food for them. We don't have enough money for food. And that's when he fed them all with a little boy's lunch. But it was compassion. Compassion was his driving force. The Bible says more than once that Jesus was moved with compassion. We need to let compassion move us. Amen. Not just sit down and be self-centered, but let compassion move us with the love of God. Amen. Uh, And compassion from God's love, let it move us to do acts of kindness to our fellow man. And when we open our heart to communicate with our head, Love becomes less of an obligation and more of an empowering force. Because you can't fight, you know. When someone comes at you with your mind, that's something, yeah, okay, whatever. But when you got your heart into it, you can tell something's different. And what are the beneficiaries of, all the, of doing it the way God wants us to do it? Our relationships are the beneficiaries. Amen. Our spouses, our kids, our co-workers, our fellow students, the people we, our neighbors, they all benefit when we are coming at it with 
a selfless compassion, you know, fueled by the love of God. So to love like Jesus is to both think and feel. It's reason coupled with emotion. It's our head and our heart working together. And when we open our heart, love will change our mind. Amen. Because sometimes people have a closed mind. It's because their heart's not into it. They've got to get their heart into it. Amen. When you open your heart, love changes your mind completely. Our minds can do any about, can do an about face when they receive the divine pulse, impulse from our hearts. Amen. So we got to have our hearts in it, folks. Um, so what I'm trying to say is we need to listen to our hearts more. But now we can't have our hearts without our brains because then, you know, we're in trouble. We got to have heart and mind together. It's a balance. Amen. We have to have balance in our life. It's very important. Amen. So let me give you an example. Read 2 Timothy 3, verse 7. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it's talking about in the last days, these things will happen. And when we read that, you know, and we've been in the last days for a while, but if, if we're ever in the last days, we're in the last days now. Amen. So in the last days, there will be people that are ever learning their minds but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, their hearts. Somehow, it's not getting down and computing. I mean, there's people that know the Bible even you know, better than you know, some of us, and yet they haven't let it get in their hearts, and they don't know the true salvation experience, and yet they, might, they could quote the cities and the people and this and the geography and that and whatever in the Bible, backwards and forwards, and yet, you know... That's what, like, that's what Jesus told the, the, the Pharisees in John 5. He said, search the scriptures. I know you guys know the scriptures back and forth. Search them again, you know, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. Amen. John 5.39, I believe. I didn't have that scripture, but I just threw it out for free tonight. Amen. So John 5.39. So what he was saying is, hey, don't you can't trust in your eternal life just because you know the scriptures in your head. Amen. If you don't come to the conclusion that the scriptures from Genesis 1.1 to Revelation 22.21 and everything in between points to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Christ, and, and that salvation is only through him, then you won't have eternal life. So ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So it's in the mind, but it's not down in the heart. So one preacher preached it like this, uh, you know, a, a sermon title many years ago, Missing Heaven by 18 Inches, which is the approximate distance between here and here. I thought that was an interesting title. If I am that close, you know, you can, man, I almost got the gold medal. I was only 18 inches away. And somebody else went right past me. Amen. But I don't want to miss heaven. And when I'm that close, right, let's get the heart involved. If we're looking for just a reasonable love in our, our minds are all we need. But our hearts are required if we want to be part of what God wants to be part, us to be part of. And that's his extraordinary love. Yeah, we might not be extraordinary people, but we, yeah, we're ordinary people that can be used extraordinarily as God works through us in his love. That is what loving like Jesus is all about. Amen. So I want to love like Jesus. I think all of you want to love like Jesus or you wouldn't be here tonight. 
I think we can all agree that loving like Jesus is the best way to live, especially when you get a taste of it and see what it does for you. I think we're all, if we're all honest with ourselves, we, we can say that we struggle sometimes to love people in our lives like Jesus wants us to. We don't always uh, meet, you know, make the grade and, and, and you know, you know, hit that, uh, that level of loving our enemies and turning the other cheek. Sometimes we've got to ask forgiveness because we didn't quite do it. Amen. But it's still the best way to live and it's something we should attain to. It's a goal that we should strive for. Amen. We all find ourselves stumbling from time to time as we attempt to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, but we still should try. Amen. You know, there's so many misconceptions when it comes to loving like Jesus. Number one is people will, you know, if I love like Jesus, people will walk all over me like a doormat because I will become a weaker person when I love like Jesus. That's a misconception. That's not true at all. Don't, don't, uh, Think of meekness as weakness. Moses was considered the meekest man on earth, but he was far from a weak person. He was a very strong person. Amen. And when you love like Jesus, you, you have strong. The love of God is a powerful force. It's over, you know, we overcome evil with good, and there's nothing more good than the love of God. And it's more powerful. Amen. And the second one, misconception is, on the other side of the spectrum, well, if, if I love like Jesus, I'm going to miss out on all the fun in life, you know, because, you know, when we love like Jesus, we have to sacrifice our happiness to do so. Oh, no, we don't. Amen. Because here's the, here's the secret. True happiness comes from loving like Jesus. Amen. God designed us to have a strong desire for happiness. It's in our DNA. God wants us to be happy. He does. God is light. God is good. God is a positive God. And so when you get hooked up with God in His presence, you will be more a positive person and a hap- more happier person. Amen. It's God's will for us to be happy. Sadly, too often we think uh, what will make us happy and full of joy, uh, it won't. We're looking for the wrong things, looking for love in all the wrong places, as the old song goes. Amen. And one of the greatest hindrances to true enjoyment is our willingness to settle for pitiful pleasures that only bring some sort of, you know, contentment or happiness, but it's not lasting and it's not pure and it's not from God. Amen. Read 2 Timothy 3.4. That's another end time verse in that chapter 3. That we just read. Amen. Love, there are people that are more after lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Now, if we are going to be lovers of God, then we'll be better lovers of people. And then being lovers of God and lovers of people, that there's pleasure in and of itself right there. You talk about like endorphins firing. You talk about adrenaline. You talk about feeling so good about yourself. You know, go do an act of kindness. Even a small thing. And you, whoo, that felt good. Amen. Read Hebrews 11.25. Amen. So, you know, definitely sin has pleasure or, you know, people wouldn't be doing so much of it. And the devil knows that. But it's only for a season. Amen. A lot of times it's just a little season of pleasure and then a whole lot of regret. A, low, a whole lot of consequence. A whole lot of heartache. 
after that little season of pleasure that wasn't worth it. But that doesn't happen when you love like Jesus loves. Amen. There is no consequences other than you're going to have true happiness. Amen. So when we do this, we miss out on the deepest enjoyment of all. It's a fundamental psychological law. When you help other people, you immediately receive a payoff yourself. Amen. I mean, I mean, whatever it is, helping the little old lady from Pasadena across the street, or whatever. Or you could, you know, it could be any city, but Pasadena seems to have more old ladies to help across the street. <laughs> Amen. So, it doesn't matter, but if you do some act of kindness, you know, it, it just, you feel a payoff. Ralph Waldo Emerson has been quoted as saying, you cannot sincerely help another without helping yourself. When you sincerely help another, that's the key word, sincerely. I'm not doing it to, you know, some people have ulterior motives. Well, I'm going to help this person, and that's going to get me over here and all that, and I'm going to, you know, whatever. No, I'm just doing it. I have no, no motives other than I'm doing it for Jesus. Doing everything in the name of Jesus. Each act of kindness improves our relationships. There's been numerous studies that find that the ability to practice appreciation and love is the defining mark of the happiest of human beings. When people engage, so this is not even Bible now, this is like just studies that, that, that have been done that uh, are independent of the Bible but corroborate the Bible. When people en- engage in self-giving love, which is just you're giving your love from yourself from your heart, by doing something extraordinarily positive, they use high, higher level brain functions and set off a series of neurological reactions that shower their system in positive emotions. That's scientifically, you know, uh, speaking. So, you see, God is love, God is positive, so when you love like Jesus, you'll be filled with positive feelings. A plus B equals C, case closed. Amen. So a study was done at the University of Pennsylvania to see if true and lasting happiness can be triggered uh, by having just, you know, everyday fun just as much as by doing an act of self-giving love towards somebody. Amen. So the participants in the study were asked to engage in one pleasurable activity, and it was all, they were all hooked up, and they were all, you know, they were interviewed and all their feelings and what was happening, you know, during and after the activity. And then one act of self-giving love. The results were amazing. It turns out that pleasurable activities like hanging out with friends, watching a movie, or eating a delicious dessert paled in comparison with the effects of a loving action. While the pleasurable activities did bring some measure of happiness, the act of self-giving love caused their entire day to go better. Amen. So that means we ought to, you know... If you want a good day, we ought to right off the bat, you know, wake up and go do something for a family member, you know. Here's your breakfast in bed, you know. My whole day's going to be good. All right. Amen. Do it right off the bat to affect your day. So in other words, until we wrap our lives in love, the kind, the kind that Jesus modeled will never genuinely be happy. Love is a law that must be honored and practiced Loving like Jesus can be a daily reality, so we can do it. It's not some high, pie-in-the-sky high bar that only God in flesh can do. He, he, let us, he got it to boil it down so we could do it. You know, we're His kids and we have His Spirit in our lives. He can help us. Amen. Loving like Jesus is the ultimate secret to enjoying fulfilling relationships. This kind of love is not only real, 
but it's more obtainable than you might imagine. Jesus gave us practical examples of how to love in extraordinary ways. So in this series, now, so this lesson right here, it was the introduction. This is just the introduction. Amen. And so we are going to cover five different ways, distinct qualities of his love, uh, and kind of look into them really close in detail. So when you love like Jesus, you become more mindful and less detached. You become more approachable and less exclusive. You become more graceful and less judgmental. You become more bold and less fearful. And you become more self-giving and less self-absorbed. Amen. So all of these things, though they might be challenging and possibly difficult at times, they're definitely doable and so worthwhile. And such a blessing to us and will give us dividends of happiness and great feelings like nothing else. So many things in this world people go and try to escape and, and, and go after that would promise, you know, uh, a departure from reality and you can get happy and all that stuff. And it ends up ruining lives and ruining your body and ruining that and ruining this. And it's all just a trick of the world and the devil. But we're talking about tried and true from God himself in flesh showing us the way. Amen. So next week we're going to talk about being mindful like Jesus was. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. 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 God bless you. Would you stand with me? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.